Studio Stories, Studio Stories. A podcast reminiscing on Twin Cities dance history. All stories are connected, new ones woven from threads of the old. Hi, I'm Matthew Jindusky. Welcome to Studio Stories. Before we hear from today's guest, I'd like you to know that Candybox Dance Festival tickets are now on sale. Candybox is an exciting array of happy hour showings, master classes, and featured artist performances, May 2nd to the 7th at the historic Southern Theater. For tickets and more info, arenadances.org. That's A-R-E-N-A-D-A-N-C-E-S dot org. Today, our guest for the Studio Stories special Candy Box edition is the featured artist, Joni Smith. Here now as our first to be interviewed twice for Studio Stories, uh, this time for Shapiro and Smith as featured artists in the sixth annual Candy Box Dance Festival. That was a mouthful. Welcome, Joni. Hi, Matthew. <laughs> uh, it's awesome, awesome to have you here. Um, wonderful and thankful for your history and our history together. My goodness. Oh, my God. We can chat away all, all the time, I feel. Um, but, of course, the continued connections that we've had all these years is really special. Um, I've so enjoyed performing you and Danny's work, and now to get to have you in our dance festival is quite quite a treat. Um, so, so we grow old together. <laughs> yes, here we are. <laughs> uh, people need to know they can learn a touch more about Shapiro and Smith dance history in our archi- archives for Studio Stories. But today we are here to find out uh, what you're doing for Candy Box this year, what you're sharing with us. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, I'm really excited about um, we're doing two small things. And I'm really excited about For Doug and All. Um, For Doug and All is a song written by my sister, Susie Tyrell, who's in Bruce Springsteen's band. Um, She wrote the song. She's playing fiddle. Uh, She's singing. Um, If you listen closely, you can hear Bruce Springsteen playing guitar on it. And it's just, it's this beautiful song um, that has come to mean, or come to stand for female empowerment Mm. for us. Um, we've, it's a solo, uh, actually that Laura Selly Bertuccio and some other women have performed oftentimes at, um, shelters, uh, for women, you know, uh, victims of, of sexual and domestic abuse. And, and it, it's a very empowering solo. It starts with marching. Um, so we thought, why not have 20 women march? <laughs> so 20 women. Well, I that's, hope so. That's so great. <laughs> I hope so. We're trying to get a real um, broad spectrum of people, you know, older women, younger women, uh, so that it feels it feels like a time when women have a lot to march about. Mm. Um, the assault on reproductive rights, oh so gosh. many things that are going on are just, you know, I remember uh, seeing at the one of the women's march that sign a woman my age held up saying, I can't believe I'm still protesting this mm-hmm. after all those years, I'm still protesting this. Anyway, it's not just so much a protest dance. It's more, it's, it's a strong, there's, it's a strong persona, but it's also in the middle of it, the words say it, it's a pleasure just to be here mm-hmm. for one bright shining day. And it's very positive in that way too. Uh, 
Yeah. And I have no idea how we're going to get all those 20 women in there and <laughs> onto the stage and then out of there and not drive the whole rest of the uh, the show crazy because <laughs> there'll be a lot of people trying to get in dressing rooms and everything, but we'll work it out. Yeah. Yeah. We're friendly there, I think. Yeah. The Southern Theater space, for people who don't know, is a very small kind of dress r- dressing room area. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a little bit of, of, of a maze of putting that all together, but I think it's going to be great. And I love... So this is from any town. So mm-hmm. from any town mm-hmm. originally, and you're right. It's such a hopeful, like, wow, mm-hmm. we got this kind mm-hmm. of dance. So I love that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. had a, a whole new life on its own mm-hmm. because we've been with the working with the Tubman Centers, the Harriet Tubman Centers now for gosh eight years maybe, and it's been very much a part of um, us going into the shelters, dancing in the breakout rooms, and. We have a, a version of it that, you know, non-dancers are able to do a little mm-hmm. bit of the gestures and everything and join in. So it's kind of taken on a different life than it had some years ago yeah. in any town. Yeah. And I'm anxious to bring it in with a lot of women dancing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. And so some women from the Tubman residences no. you're doing? Or, no, no. Their no. Um, they're, they're, uh, COVID protocols are way ah, too, that makes sense. Uh, way too strict right now. For us, we we had hoped to be able to work with them, but they're just not able to um, leave, you know, go out and do things like that. Now, of yeah. course, they have activities where they leave, but it, not something like this would not be up their alley at the moment. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. And what else What else are you doing? There's the second Ooh, piece. <laughs> so we've got a piece for 20 women and three dudes, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of great. They're kind of companion pieces. Um, sure. Uh, we performed it once in the Twin Cities, but I don't think we've done it much. Yeah, once, I don't, just I don't. once. Hardly anyone's seen it. It's uh, okay. This is going to sound dumb, but uh, it's 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 three men essentially fighting and negotiating over shirt a shirt or three shirts. And actually, it started because of my dogs. <laughs> you know that I'll come home and there can be toys laying on the floor with dogs, and they don't care. But as soon as I pick one up, ah. It is valuable. So that's kind of what this shirt is. Oh, funny. Like it doesn't really matter, but as soon as someone has one, everyone wants it and it becomes a valuable thing. Yeah. And so it, it goes on and on. There's there's games that they play and, you know, um, alliances are struck and, but they're really fighting over nothing. Yeah. And, and it's called shirt. Shirt. It's called shirt. Okay. <laughs> Just shirt. Huh. Yeah. So I'm really excited to do them both, you know. Um, I hadn't thought they would make such a good companion piece, but to have something for all women and then something for all men, uh, and that um, not even people uh, that are identifying necessarily as men and identifying necessarily as mm. women, but they can join whichever group they want. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love it too that you started by saying this is going to sound dumb because then that brought me back <laughs> <laughs> to being in the studio with you where you're always like, okay, dumb idea. Like, I feel like that's a quote of Joni Smith. No, it's dumb version. Dumb version. That's what it is. Uh, okay, dumb version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dumb version. I think dumb version happened because Danny and I, my husband Danny Shapiro, who died, uh, gosh, 15 years ago now, because we choreographed everything together, we had to be able to talk to each other about what we wanted to do mm. without feeling like an idiot or without feeling, you know, like we needed to edit each other right away. So it was just easy to go, okay, dumb version. 
because then there was nothing at stake. Yeah, I love it. And I feel like I've definitely garnered that in my, um, my students rehearsal say it. process. My yeah. students say it all the time. <laughs> I mean, you have to have that like trust mm-hmm. and honesty mm-hmm. and the freedom to be like, I'm, well, let's try this. Yeah, Because you just it. never know. Yeah. yeah, you never know. And, and uh, sometimes it is dumb, but sometimes dumb leads you into something wonderful. Yeah. So you described the music of the, for Doug and all, what is the music for Shirt? Silence. It is silence. Yes. Oh my gosh. I think it's the first piece I ever did in silence. Ever. I can't remember another one. So how does that affect the the making of the dance for you? Well, it was supposed to have music, but the composer was in rehab. Ah. And so it was like, are you coming out of rehab? Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Gotta stay another 30 days. Okay. So it there just was no composer. And suddenly uh, we figured out that we could do that. So does that add to kind of the breath or voice or sound then, I would imagine, of things yes. happening within the Yes, voice? yes, it does. It, it, yeah, I'm trying to think of how. I mean, you hear them, you know, sort of tussling. You, you, hear, the, you hear the footfalls. You hear the breath. You hear sometimes they'll mutter something under their breath to each other. So you hear all that. But it, I think it makes it very just real, hmm. you know, just they're like guys. Yeah. In fact, we did this piece um, with Tubman for Tubman out. At, they have a, um, a large center out in Maplewood. And we went out there and performed it. And a little kid about seven years old just joined in. I mean, completely joined in the performance to the point where the three men that are in the piece handed him a shirt and he would run around with it. Uh. And they, it was crazy. <laughs> I just I just emailed them about rehearsal and I said, "Is anyone bringing a seven year old?" Yeah, <laughs> it was really fascinating. I would love that. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, it was great. Oh my gosh. Well, I have to ask because you were originally slotted for Candy Box in 2020. Oh my goodness, right. <laughs> and here we are. Um, for obvious reasons, we had to postpone, and uh, it worked out that this was mm-hmm. better than the 2021 summer mm-hmm. time frame. Oh yeah. Um, can you describe a little bit of the challenges in, in making work right now in this climate and, you know, having dancers not around anymore, or, um, I know for me personally, I know a lot of dancers are leaving the field. So I just kind of, as a dance organization, maybe your perspective on that. Boy, I think you're so, so right um, it was kind of traumatic at first because three dancers, um, one who had been with us maybe 18 years and the other two, like 14 and 15 years left, you know, to go on and do other things. Replacing that is traumatic, mm. you know, is so hard because um, they understand you so well. And, and they're, I don't mean to, to, compare them to paint but they're such an important color in the palette Mm. um it's such an important um way that they move or even the way they look the height or the you know just the particular style of their movement or something is so important so that was pretty traumatic but but of course um as hanya holmes said in one of those old movies for pioneers there are always children coming. <laughs> yeah. So yes, there are always children coming. That's true. That's and of course, true. I'm like 
four times older than the children that are coming right now, <laughs> which is what? <laughs> How old are you? Yeah. Is it but, legal to take out of the country? <laughs> anyway, but, it, but it's also wonderful then to have new company members and, and what that brings, the possibilities. I find that um, right now making work, you just can't assume anything. Mm. You know, we got completely ready for a tour uh, to go to St. Cloud and it was canceled a week before. The same thing happened to us in Duluth, you know, way back in the beginning mm. of COVID, like four days before. And right now, Black Label Movement was to open this week at the Coles. Yeah. And they had to postpone because of COVID. So it's, you know, you make it, but you're not sure if you're actually going to show it now or a year and a half from now. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then all the players change. And all the players change. That. And of course, you've paid for it three times. Yeah. You've organized it three times. You've marketed it three times. <laughs> so I think we're fortunate here, though, in Minnesota that our you know, the funding agencies understand mm. the difficulties. There's been, I think, tremendous generosity. They, you know, they've been very wonderful. For example, MSAB Arts Tour about extending mm. deadlines and extending them again and again, mm. you know, which we're very lucky. Yeah, yeah. I feel like when everything, you know, in quotes, opened up, all of a sudden it was like all this touring was back and I was like, ah. How are we going to make this happen mm -hmm. in such a short period of time? Yeah. It was back, but then some of it closed up again, like yeah, right now. Exactly. Yeah. Like we lost St. Cloud in January, yeah. you know, a week before we were supposed to do it. So I think that's, you know, of course, the way of this. We think, we're, oh boy, it's behind us. Everything's back to normal. COVID's <laughs> over. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think though dancers are pretty used to things being a little unsure in their lives they're yeah. I mean they're not called gypsies for nothing <laughs> you know? yeah I think even though I don't know how I feel about that term particularly but but I think it certainly brings to mind that dancers are are able to move to another place to to do anything uh in order to survive to find ways to capitalize on what they have and yeah yeah, I think, and I think you're saying a lot as well with the changing of dancers. Like, it's always so heartbreaking to me. Mm. <laughs> it becomes, you know, it's like, oh, we had such a great rapport in the mm. studio. And I know, you know, like, there's like that vulnerability that we share as artists mm -hmm. making work. Um, that, like, the change of, of cast. Mm -hmm. And then I always have to remember, oh, yeah, there's this positive side of it that this person is going to have a whole other perspective that's going to inspire you in a whole other way. Yeah. You know, to keep that, keep that energy and memory of it. Like mm -hmm. life happens. People need to, yeah. you know, move on, do their things. Um, yeah. Maybe I take it too personally, but no, <laughs> but it has to, has to, you know, always about the work and yeah. kind of deepening that. The piece we were doing for candy box 50,000 years ago, before COVID, um, two, it was a trio and two of the dancers moved on. Oh. I deeply miss Scott Mattel and Mirabai Miller, uh, <laughs> you know, who, who aren't uh, performing now with us anymore. Um, and I, and of course, Joe Crook, who we still have calls himself the last surviving member of the member of the banana, banana dance, <laughs> but, uh, banana dance is kind of going on hold again because it needs to find, it needs to find its new center. Mm. Now that the cast has changed so much, a lot of it was based on improvisation. 
which that's something I never normally would yeah. do. A whole improv piece so in true. silence. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, you know, that's what, it, that's what it was. And that's actually shirt is uh, a lot of shirt is improv hmm. too. I haven't done a lot of that in my life. So yeah. I'm enjoying this new direction and the banana dance will get in there eventually. And how do you, how do you go about finding that kind of challenge to yourself? Like how scary is it, right? Like mm-hmm. of letting go of kind of what you know of the rehearsal process? Like, cause that does seem so divergent for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that improvisation within rehearsals was mm-hmm. really heavy and cultivated. Oh yes. But, but then it was always like setting it. So it's mm-hmm. interesting that choice of opening that up. I think though, I think it's got, it's got a score. I mean, not that we create a physical a written score or anything, but in the, in the initial banana dance, it's actually called comparing apples to bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, we did, we went over and over and over and over each scene and figured out kind of the, the dynamic, the rise and fall of it, how it had to build and how it had to uh, quiet and all those things. And so there was still a lot of room for improvisation, but it was improvisation within a, within a structure that at least was known. Mm. Um, so I think that gave the, the performers confidence to go for it, yeah. which was really nice. Uh, yeah. And so, and, and shirt, it's the same thing. Uh, shirt has a lot of, uh, not a lot of improv, but some in it. They're, particularly the way that they react to each other. It's interesting how long, uh, it's a comedy. And it, it's interesting how long they can take to look at each other or register something that's happening. And sometimes those moments of like an aside will start to add up and things will get too long. Hmm. And other times... You know, we might just blow past something that's really important. It's crucial. But it's kind of fascinating to to be in that space. Uh, it's very alive, that improv space. Incredibly alive. I mean, you're just, I, when, whenever I'm there, it's like my brain is thinking about 10 things and thinking about nothing. Huh. It's like you get into this stream almost. I don't, you know, for me, I don't know, of course, for other people, but where you can say anything or do anything, but it's very considered at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's an odd thing. I'm, I'm not an expert at this at all. Not at all. I'm, you know, I'm probably, some people listening to this will say, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I, I definitely set work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, But I've always been drawn to the dancer that even though it's like this set phrase or something, mm-hmm. somehow it looks fresh and new every mm. time they do it. Mm-hmm. And those are the dancers that I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. you're so yummy and amazing. Yeah. Because like, I feel like I get bored. Like I know mm-hmm. what's next because I know the movement material or where the arc of the piece is going. And it's like somehow those dancers, those special dancers that can like keep that That's aliveness. A it's such it a really gift. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I wanted to know, uh, this feels funny because it's arena dances and candy box presenting you, but, <laughs> but, um, what kind of impact does getting to perform in candy box have for you, Joni and Shapiro and Smith dance? You know, I am so looking forward to it. Um, I'm so looking forward to being with Christian, Taryn Griggs mm. and, uh, Leila Awadala. 
I'm so looking forward to being on a mixed bill. I haven't done it. I was just thinking, yeah, I wondered. Yeah. I think it's so exciting to be in the midst of other people's process too. And you know, I can go to someone's show and, and appreciate it, but actually being together with them in the dressing room and behind the scenes Mm. and doing the dress rehearsal together and the tech and everything and seeing how they work, I find so thrilling. I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot. Hmm. I really am. Um, Because it's different than sitting in a seat in the dark and watching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel so much, it's so much more immediate. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I think it's going to have a a tremendous impact on me. And uh, certainly on um, Joe Joe Crook and Laura Salutuccio and Doug Hooker that I work with all the time. Yeah. Um, Because they'll they'll have their antenna, you know, way out, uh, seeing how everything is, seeing what people are doing, what's important, you know, how things are going differently tonight than they were last night. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm also interested because we're doing like these two light, uh, well, for Duggan's not light, but it's not long. Mm. So we're doing these two shorter works, whereas I believe the other two artists are doing you know, some real in-depth investigations. So I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I hope we don't come off as being light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what the programming is going to look like mm-hmm. as well. Like I'm still divulging, divulging, uh, going into the work mm-hmm. of the rehearsals with the other choreographers. Like how does that, also the arc of the program mm-hmm. itself, like how to, um, appease to an audience in that way like what is their journey mm-hmm. within that so no it makes sense and i love the camaraderie kind of that you brought up within you know artists coming together in a space oh yeah sharing a program like that because it really is it's such a like we're all in this to make it happen you know and and do our part and then mm. i'm also interested in how as a viewer you watch something and then it's like major shift to something else or Mm -hmm. oh how is that somehow connected you know like it just creates such a different evening for for an audience yeah it's it's like the meal isn't only appetizer chocolate pudding the soup chocolate pudding Mm. the main course chocolate pudding the dessert (laughs) chocolate pudding you know everything is very unique and and has a its own flavor, yeah, very pungent flavor. So that's I, I love that. Yeah, and these artists are so oh my goodness diverse. Oh, yeah. so diverse. Yeah, yeah, really. I, um, yeah, I'm excited. I am too. <laughs> I am too. Okay, I have to divulge. Matthew and I have known each other a long time. What she spoke about, but well, we've been sitting here chatting for like an hour because we had it's not more. <laughs> we had so much to sit, catch up. Yes. Always. Uh, with, with each other. Always. Joni, great to see you. Great and to we'll see you. We'll probably chat some more after this, but <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you in May at the show, everybody. <laughs> Next week, we hear from Margaret Ogas in our final Candy Box edition, rounding out the happy hour artist time. <laughs>